Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. You know, the fall will be here before you know it, and the temperatures will start to drop and get a little bit cooler. So swing on by Leon Tailoring to get you something warm that will not burn a hole in your pocket. Maybe it's a nice little bit of a heavier jacket, or maybe a heavier blouse or skirt, or no matter what it is, maybe a nice sweater. No matter what it is, you can get it Leon Tailoring. Get it ready-made or custom-made or tailor-made. Just go on in, tell them Abdul sent you, and they'll take care of you, and they'll be happy to do it as well. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Well, all those states are flush with cash, as we are here in the state of Indiana. Some folks kind of wonder and say, hey, how long are the good times going to last? And maybe states should start putting away uh, for a rainy day. And those sorts of research have been done at the Pew Charitable Trust uh, research folks. And join us on the news line is Adam Levine, who's with the Charitable Trust. So, Adam, thank you very much for being with us. We do appreciate it, sir. Hey, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, so, help us out here. How have states been doing so far this year uh, on tax revenue? Let's start there. Um, sure. So states are overall doing pretty well. Um, what we found in an analysis that just came out a couple weeks ago is that um, the majority of states, uh, 38, have um, accumulated um, as much or more tax revenue that they would have raised um, that had collections held steady at pre-pandemic rates. Um, but what we also found, though, is that um, a Less, uh, a fewer amount of states, a smaller amount of states, excuse me, um, 21 um, actually had their revenue growth rate um, be ahead of what it was pre pandemic. And Indiana is one of those states um, where actually tax revenue uh, has not exceeded its pre pandemic uh, growth rate. Now, how much of that is uh, due to natural growth in the economy or maybe sort of pent-up demand because folks have been locked up for so long and just couldn't get out and about? And how much of that is American recovery dollars? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination. Um, Certainly, the American Rescue Plan and stimulus money has helped state budgets a lot right now. Um, But even before the uh, American Rescue Plan, um, revenue in a lot of states was doing better than it was expected to do. Um, That happened pretty quickly after the onset of the pandemic. So, um, you know, I think that's itself due to a couple of factors. Um, One is that um, a lot of the jobs that were lost were, you know, unfortunately lower paying jobs. So the jobs that were kept that people could do remotely, those were higher paying jobs. So they pay more in income tax. Um, So it is sort of a combination of factors. Definitely the stimulus money has helped uh, state budgets right now. Uh, so it's interesting. I always say when when uh, folks sort of take uh, credit for you know good economic times, if you're if you're a Democrat, you 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 basically say, hey, this was Joe Biden, the American Recovery Act. If you're a Republican, you you say, yeah, there was some of the American Recovery Act, but it was just the hard work of our constituents. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I think that um, it's again due to a combination of factors, um, and it's, it's it's sort of hard to untangle. <laughs> Adam Levin with us. Adam is with the Pew Research Charitable Trust. Uh, they did some research on state budgets and kind of caution against states, uh, basically saying, "Hey, be sure to put some money away, uh, you know, for those rainy day type funds and that sort of thing." Uh, Adam, let me ask you, uh, when we talk about uh, tax cuts, obviously that's something a lot of states did, including the state of Indiana. Uh, How many states cut taxes and how much did they cut them overall? Yeah, um, I don't have an exact number. I know that we've seen at least, uh, I believe, 10 or 12 states at least propose tax cuts. Um, and I, I don't have the uh, exact amount. I know they've ranged. Um, but, you know, I think that what's important there is that when states might be thinking about proposing tax cuts or spending increases for that matter right now, 
what they really should be thinking about is what their revenue is going to look like several years down the road. You mentioned the American Rescue Plan a couple minutes ago, and that money is, is temporary money. It has to be expended by 2026. So if states um, either cut taxes or create new spending based on the revenue that they're getting from the American Rescue Plan, they need to be aware that that's not going to be around in five or six years. And so they need to think about what their revenue, what their budgets are going to look like past that period and whether these tax cuts um, are going to be sustainable in that longer term. Um, it's interesting you bring that up because one of the things Indiana did was Indiana uh, did cut taxes, but they did it. They cut income taxes, once say, from 34 to 2.9%, but they did it sort of in a staggered period over seven years, and growth has to be at least uh, 2% over the previous year in order for the tax cuts to kick in. Was that is that sort of a smart way to do your tax cuts? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, you know, if you if you have it attached to some sort of trigger, like you said, um, a revenue trigger, making sure that it, uh, revenue has to increase by a certain amount. I think um, that is um, a way that you can try and ensure that revenue is going to be more sustainable over the long haul. But again, I think that, you know, would be best complemented by um, longer term projections and, and thinking out several years into the future. Adam Levin with us. Uh, he's with the Pew Charitable Trust. They did some research on state budgets and kind of cautioned states against cutting taxes or increasing spending a little bit too much, uh, not knowing what the likely uh, scenario is going to be uh, down the road. Uh, Adam, uh, one of the things you uh, you guys wrote in your report is that the state should take two steps to reduce disruptions kind of caused by mid-year gaps. Uh, before we go to the, what those suggestions are, what exactly is a mid-year gap? Uh, sure. So a mid-year gap is when uh, essentially when revenue falls short of projections in the middle of a budget year. So um, states uh, forecast how much money they're going to be taking in for a given year, and they make their spending decisions based on that. But if revenue doesn't come in where it's expected to, then uh, it's going to be short of the money that they need to that they've committed to spending. Now, what are those two suggestions that you folks uh, recommended states do to, to deal with that shortfall, that possibility of a shortfall? Um, so it's uh, make decisions in advance and then plan for likely scenarios. So um, making decisions in advance would be things like <clears throat> delineating who has responsibility for making expenditure, uh, expenditure decreases, things like that, um, or saying, you know, if revenue decreases by X percent, then we have the ability to do these types of things. Uh, planning for likely scenarios is doing analysis where you think about different economic scenarios and how that might impact um, the state's revenue and budget in a given uh, budget year. So, for example, you could think about, let's say you're a state, I know this is not Indiana, but let's say you're a state that has a lot of revenue that comes in from uh, from energy, um, severance taxes, things like that. You might say, well, what if uh, oil prices decreased, for example, what's that going to do to our revenue this year? Um, so those are our two big picture suggestions. Um, it's interesting too. I'd love to get your thoughts on this because I know with the with the current uh, sort of energy issues and inflation, where right now there's a lot of discussion about cutting gas taxes. Uh, some states or like one state like Connecticut is cutting their gas tax. Indiana sort of put off on mess with his gas tax, saying not knowing uh, know what the prices are going to be. Uh, what have you been seeing with respect to gas tax cuts? Um, yeah, I know that that's, again, something that some states have at least been considering. Um, you know, I think it's uh, not to sound like a broken record, but it's the same. We would advocate the same message that I was saying earlier when you're thinking about any sort of tax cuts. It's, uh, you know, how is it going to impact your revenue and your budget uh, over a long term over the course of multiple years? 
Uh, it's interesting because I also uh, kind of jokingly said that you know the the gas tax, which you used to pay for roads and for infrastructure, and the cost of roads and infrastructure hasn't necessarily dropped. So if you if you're going to cut your gas taxes, you, you hey, you better be ready to raise them again once all this is over. Yeah, I mean, I think one one other factor to consider now is, um, you know, there the infrastructure bill passed last year, which had a lot of money for infrastructure spending. Um, there's also some infrastructure is also an allowable use under the American Rescue Plan. Um, so, you know, those are potentially alternative sources of funding. But again, those are temporary alternative sources of funding, right? So if you're cutting your gas tax and you're making that permanent, um, are you replacing it with, uh, you know, something that's going to be sustainable um, going forward? Our guest on the program today is Adam Levin. Adam's with the Pew Charitable Trust. They recently did a very involved, very extensive report that you can find at pewtrust.org, uh, basically kind of warning states against you know cutting taxes or maybe engaging new spending priorities uh, right now, primarily because we don't know what the economy is going to look like, and so they may want to make some key decisions uh, in advance and plan for some likely, you know, possibly troubling uh, scenarios to deal with some sort of mid-budget year shortfalls. Uh, Adam, uh, I just want to talk about the, the sort of the new spending part that some states have done uh, as well. I was actually sort of surprised at that because there, there's two types of spending. There's sort of one-time expenditures that you can do, say a capital project or a road or a bridge or some type of infrastructure. And then there's sort of ongoing uh, new sort of new going new sort of ongoing items. Uh, how have states done in that in that particular category when it comes to spending? Yeah, I mean that's that's always a challenge for states matching up uh, one-time expenditures with one-time money, which is what they should do, and matching ongoing expenditures with ongoing money. Um, this goes back to the discussion that we're having, right? We're talking about um, stimulus money, which is um, even though it's a large amount of money, it's going to be around for several years. It's essentially one-time money. Um, so you know what, what we advocate is that states. Um, spend that more on, on one-time programs or maybe pilot programs, right? And then substitute um, regular ongoing spending, <clears throat> excuse me, if they decide to make those programs um, public. Um, and so, you know, I think that that's how states should be thinking about, um, should be thinking about their American Rescue Plan money, um, maybe money from the infrastructure bill that passed last year. Um, but it is, uh, you know, it's always, uh, it's always a challenge for states, and it's something that states should always be thinking about. Uh, what about using some of those uh, extra dollars to pay down debt? I know that's one thing that was uh, very adamant here uh, in the state of Indiana. We have some teacher pension debts from, from pre-1996 days. And uh, the one state lawmakers have decided to put you know, billions of dollars into reducing uh, that debt. Uh, any states basically taking advantage of that to basically you know take the extra money, uh, like I joke say, sort of pay down your credit card a little bit, then maybe free up money down the road for other you know more long-going, on-term, long-going, on-term projects? Right. Um, I... I I believe that the American Rescue Plan uh, rules um, had some uh, provisions that that did not allow states to um, pay down at least some types of debt with that money. You have to go back and double check me on that, but I'm pretty sure that was something that was in that. Um, that was in that language. One thing that I would say, though, uh, sort of related to this, though, is that there are ways that states could use some of the money that they have now, which might be one-time money, and um, put it towards um, liabilities, which may not be technically debt, but that they still owe in the long term. And one one that I'm thinking of in particular is deferred infrastructure maintenance. Um, States collectively owe hundreds of billions of dollars in money that – is uh, is repairs that need to be made on roads, bridges, 
but uh, for whatever reason, they, they defer making those payments, but they're still on their balance sheet. So um, if you're thinking about some of this money that states have now, maybe the one-time money from the American Rescue Plan, putting a large one-time payment towards that um, uh, outstanding liability um, could you know, reduce the amount that states uh, that states owe there. So it's not uh, technically debt in terms of being bonds that a state has outstanding, but it's still a long-term liability that states have. Adam, how has this uh, discussion gone o- overall? Whether states should take some of the newfound revenue, you know, start new programs, you know, cut taxes, or you know, like I said, tax some of these liabilities uh, that are out there. Uh, how, have these discussions been basically civil? Have they been a bit contested, or does it just, or just or does it just pretty much depend on the state that you're in? Yeah, you know, I haven't really paid um, a, a ton of attention to sort of the p- political dialogues that have been going on out there. Um, I know that states have been having these conversations, but I, you know, hesitate to characterize them one way or the other. Oh, gotcha. Adam been with us for a few more minutes on the program today. Adam is with the Pew Charitable Trust, uh, their research organization, that have actually done a pretty good extensive research on uh, what states should do with their newfound dollars. Should they cut taxes? Should they you know, pay off uh, just liabilities? Should they you know, try to prepare uh, for rainy days? Uh, Adam, let me ask you, uh, how likely are we to see you know, a recession pop up in the next, you know, say, five to six years? Well, if I knew the answer to that question, I could probably uh, be a very rich man. Um, You know, I don't know. And obviously, the pandemic showed that um, it's hard. It's hard to judge those sorts of things. But um, what we would say is that there obviously are ups and downs, regular ups and downs to the business cycle and those impact state budgets. So what we what we suggest states do is prepare for those downturns. And that kind of gets back to what we were talking about earlier about um, planning for likely scenarios. So states can do what we call budget stress tests, where they analyze what their revenue and even expenditure are going to look like two, three, four years down the road, or might look like under different economic scenarios, specifically a recession scenario, or it could be a moderate recession, severe recession, so that they can prepare their budget so that they will be structurally balanced when a recession hits, because uh, like I said earlier, it's, it's really hard to predict when a slowdown is going to happen, but it's probably inevitable that it will happen at some point. Uh, and it's interesting too because when we talk about those economic slowdowns, like we like we said, you know, if you're like regular folks, you sort of plan for a rainy day. Once again, kind of going through some of the options uh, that you stress, uh, would you also recommend that uh, lo- maybe local and county governments adopt some of these same measures that you folks are asking the, uh, recommend that the states take? Yeah, I think by and large, our recommendations also go for local governments. Um, One thing that is particular to local governments is that in a lot of cases, though, um, they're actually, uh, if if they want to raise taxes or make any changes to their tax structure, they actually have to have that approved by, uh, by their state, by their state government. So they are a little bit more limited than states are in uh, the tools that they have available to them. Um, but yes, by and large, the same uh, recommendations apply to local local governments as well. Adam Levin with us for a few more minutes on the program today. Adam, so overall, how would you say, how far are we uh, sort of come back with the pre-pandemic recovery with, with revenues, with, with, with employment, with personal income? How far are we away as a whole from the country based on the data that you've seen, uh, getting back to where we were before, before pre-COVID? So so to speak. Um, yeah. So uh, personal income. Um, you asked about. Um, it's. It's. We did some research on that recently too. Um, the growth rate uh, in 35 states is 
was for fiscal year 2021 higher than it was for fiscal year 2020. Uh, Indiana was one of those states. It was 2.7% higher. So, you know, a lot of states are making progress there. Like I said earlier, um, tax revenue in 38 states has uh, exceeded what it was, uh, the losses that they incurred during the pandemic. So they are coming back. Um, You know, I think that they need to be cognizant, though, that some of that is due to temporary factors, like we said, stimulus money and things like that. Um, So, you know, they are kind of multiple facets, uh, aspects to the story. Uh, So I guess my final question for you is uh, as we sort of deal with all these sort of so this newfound money, uh, what's the best thing states can do? What's the worst thing states can do? So, you know, I think states want to avoid, like I said earlier, putting uh, one-time money or money that's not going to be around in four or five or six years towards um, spending that is going to be around past that or in perpetuity. So they want to match one-time revenue to one-time spending and ongoing spending to ongoing revenue. Um, Like you've kind of alluded to, you know, we encourage states to save money in their rainy day funds. Um, We also, again, encourage them to just think about the future. Um, That's kind of our biggest uh, big picture message that we're trying to impart right now is that they need to think um, several years down the road because the economy is unpredictable as the last few years have seen. But even if, uh, you know, even if we're not talking about a major event like the pandemic, states actually regularly um, encounter mid-year budget gaps. Um, It happens uh, a lot more often than you would think. So states need to be prepared and be proactive to take measures to shore up their budgets uh, ahead of time. All right. Well, I guess on the program day has been Adam Levin. Adam is with the Pew Charitable Trust, uh, talking about uh, states and the newfound wealth and what they should do to, to be fiscally responsible and look after the taxpayers. So, Adam, my friend, thank you very much for being with us. We do appreciate you, sir, as always. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.